One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome back to. Culture Vulture, but this week we actually have Laura back. It's good to be back. Yeah, it is. It's good to have you back. Dal, how have you been? I have missed everyone, but I have been I've been in a tour of everyone in our life coming over from New Zealand. No. Do you know what? I told Ruby the other day that my idea of hell is literally a Euro summer. Like is literally I'm watching all these people just look really hot, pay a lot of money to do things, and be cramped, and have to stand up on the train for hours. And I'm like, I don't want that ever, ever. And I know I sound like such a weirdo, but I'm like, I can't do that. Lucy, show us your ASOS summer haul. No, what are you talking about? No, I'm like, Take me through your outfits for Santorini. I'm like, seriously, can we just like normalize traveling like a normal fucking person and going and actually caring about the culture and caring about the people that live there this is such a take i was not ready for <laughs> this has really come out of nowhere me as i'm a sorry p- i went to greece for two weeks okay no. but the thing is you go to italy and you meet nonas and you learn how to make their pastas other people are going to fucking and it's fine to do this, and so many people do this, and I know I sound like I'm on my high, high horse, but it's just because it just looks sweaty and hellish. <laughs> to be fair, if you don't want a Euro summer, you should come to London. The sun has not come out since we got back in June. I just read an article before this, and it said, the sun's not arriving anytime soon. Get ready for a drenched August. Oh, And it I don't know what I don't understand, and maybe someone who's listening can talk me through how this works. But like, everywhere else is having the worst, like, climate change fueled, awful 44 degree, crazy summer. And in London, it's like the same tempers in New Zealand and raining. Do you know why? How is that possible? It's because the world knows that people in London need to keep working. That capitalism <laughs> shit's got to keep bumping. It has to stay, has to stay bleak so that y'all keep working. So that oh, it's the, the economy. It's the banks doing it. I yeah, see <laughs> something to do with money. Um, but it's funny you say that because it kind of ties into what describes my week, which is August by Taylor Swift, and it's because one, I'm seeing all these really funny memes about the song right now. Two, it's like the song is about like salt air and summer and losing your virginity and like coming alive and being young it's like nothing to do with what i'm going through it's <laughs> fucking winter i'm literally in my childhood room like it's fijawa season <laughs> it's truly it's fucking fijawa season it's not salt air and rust on your door it is literally fijawa season <laughs> Anyway, the song's just whimsical and I'm maybe just yearning for something like that. So what describes your week now that I've launched into mine without being provoked? Gosh, my week, I was just saying to Luce, my week's (laughs) been described by air mattresses. We've had every person (laughs) from New Zealand, which has been (laughs) actually gorgeous. But I do think 
what's going to happen in November. But I, this time last year, I would have loved to have seen everyone come visit. And I feel like we've literally had two months of, we just had someone leave this morning. My parents arrived today for three weeks. And when they all leave, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I haven't seen my London friends in like two months. Oh. <laughs> be like, and we're back. Yeah. Actually, famously, Liv um, told me she's been trying to catch up with Laura. And Laura was like, I literally have people around here for two months. I think I literally replied, I'm free from August 21st. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, but it's funny because one time someone wanted to catch up with me and Ruby. And it was like a work thing, but it wasn't that important. And we were really busy at work. And it was like March or something. And I said, yep, get back to us in October. And Ruby messaged me and was like, Lucy, you can't be doing that. But it was on one of my real boundary-setting days. She's an eight, everyone. She is an eight. Well, I once had a publicist reply to me when I was trying to organize an interview with someone. And she was like we can't make this work, but you could try for the next book in three years' time. (gasps) Three years' time? Three years' time. I mean, like, I'm surprised they've even planned shit out three years in advance. Like, I... Circle back. Circle circle back in three years. As we're speaking about boundaries people are setting, we are, everyone, going to do an episode about boundaries (laughs) and Jonah Hill. The thing is, every week something's happened either that we need to talk about more pressingly or one of us has been away. And so it's just not happened yet. I know we teased it maybe about a month ago, but it's coming. We're going to continue to tease it. It's ca- three years' time. It's just we'll a man. Three, three years' time we'll have Joan Hill on the podcast and we'll actually ask him. No, um, but it is coming, everyone. Uh- However, today I am too excited. Luce, what are we talking about? We're talking about something that I think we've talked about for like the last few episodes. Barbie, we've now seen it. We know you've all heard the hot takes, but you haven't heard ones this hot. And I've seen it twice now. So everyone, I'm, my job is Barbie. I'm just Barbie. (laughs) Oh, she's just, can you just tell us very quickly how the premiere was? I was so jealous. The premiere was actually really cute. It was like... You could get your nails painted. You got given, like, Barbie teacups and stuff. There was lots of pink drinks. But mostly it was just, like, all the people dressed up in all the pink. We've been talking about Mm. this a bit on Shit You Should Care About, about, like, this era of uninhibited joy and girlhood that, like, Harry Styles and Taylor Swift and Barbie and all the, like, I just feel like we're entering a moment that's really cute to be a girl or relive your inner child. So I love that. It was cute. Um, but we also, before we talk about Barbie, we have a bit of a change in how we're going to do should we care or do we care or do I care. I'd never remember the name of it, but it's something about whether we care. Because Ruby, producer Ruby, is now going to be finding the stories for us so that we get to react kind of in real time. And Well, I always react in real time, to yeah. be fair. But... Now I get to. <laughs> And it means that we somehow get Ruby in a weird type of way back on the podcast, which I know a lot of you yearn for. And this is how we're going to be doing that. The first story, though, actually, and this isn't actually a should we care or do we care, because we absolutely do. And it happened yesterday, and it's actually a fucking tragic story. So I wanted to just put this Mm. at the top of the episode because I just feel like we should talk about it. Um... 
Angus Cloud, Laura, who we know as Fizz from Euphoria, mm. has died at the age of 25. Did you see this story? Did you see the news? I did, yeah. It's so it's, sad. It's fucking heartbreaking. Um, so Angus Cloud, who played Fizz, as we just said, in Euphoria, um, he was really struggling with the passing of his father, who the family just buried last week. And his family has released a statement. They haven't said the cause of death. They basically have just said that he was immensely struggling and the only comfort that they have is now knowing that he is reunited with his dad. But it's fucking tragic and I just felt like we should talk about it because we often talk about celebrities, what we owe them, what they owe us, that they're actually people, that they go through mental health struggles as well and his family did say that Angus was open about his mental health issues and they hope that his passing can be a reminder to others that they're not alone and shouldn't fight this on their own in silence Mm. but for their family to still be that graceful in the statement and to be now dealing with his death and the death of his father as well at the same time is Mm. just it's every time something happens like this it's just jarring and it's really interesting to see how we deal with this on social media and it's quite it's like a crazy thing to be finding out that people Mm. die through an instagram post but it's also yeah how we do it now we don't phone people up we don't you know text each other so much we sort of Mm. mass find out mass let people know but anyway just thought we should mention Angus Cloud because it's really that's fucking sad and mm. and on the Instagram post thing like I feel like this past two two weeks that's how I found out about Sinead O'Connor as well absolutely and I feel like a lot of these with Sinead O'Connor especially and I wrote a newsletter that detailed a mm. lot of the fucking brilliant things she did it's really sad to see someone's legacy only recognized when they're dead and I'm like. Mm. We always do that, though. It's how it works. You never recognize someone's brilliance enough when they're alive. And every time Mm. something like this happens, I'm reminded of that. Mm. And maybe this should be a reminder to all of us. It's just like, even in your day-to-day lives, let people fucking know the impact they've had on you or what what you love about them while they're here. Yeah. And don't just save it. Anyway, that was a bit of a somber note to start on. But now we're going to move on to a story that I actually wanted to talk about a few weeks ago that Ruby put in the Should We Care, and I was really happy that she did. It's about Doja Cat, and it's about how she lost over 500,000 Instagram followers after she told her fans that she basically didn't love them and kind of called them creepy. Laura. I saw this. Yeah, I was about to say, have you seen this story? Do you? I'm sure you've got the quote there about what she said about they call themselves kittens, yeah? Yes, I've got all of this. So this story is a very Lucy and Laura coded in the way that we always talk about what we owe fan uh, what celebrities owe fans and what fans owe celebrities. And this is just a really interesting um conversation to have about that. So in case you missed it, Doja Cat caused a bit of a stir online and it all started when she was sort of being I don't know if she was being called out, but she was being told that her reported relationship with a guy called Jay Cyrus was 
not really it because he had faced grooming and sexual misconduct allegations and I think she was being reminded or told about this on Twitter or on threads and so she blocked some fans and then she said in all capitals, I want y'all to read this comment and take it as a message. I don't give a fuck what you think about my personal life. I never have. I never will give a fuck what you think about me or my personal life. Goodbye and good riddance, miserable hoes. Ha ha. And then someone replied and said, like, asked her, you know, do you still love your fans? Or said, can you just reply with, I love my fans, like you usually do. And she replied saying, I don't know because I don't even know y'all. And then a different user responded and was like, and we don't know you, but we have supported you through thick and thin, mind you, and you'd be nothing without us. You'd be working at a grocery store. Side note, nothing wrong with that. Making songs on fucking Garage Band, Miss High School Dropout. Whoa. And then Do- Doja Cat wrote back, nobody forced you. IDK, why you're talking to me like you're my mother, bitch. You sound like a crazy person. And then she went on to thread this infamous thread. My fans don't name themselves shit. If you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. Bear in mind, Laura, that kittens was a name that she literally coined herself in a Twitter poll a few years ago. Um, Charlie XX kind of hilariously weighed in saying, Doja Cat is being so grumpy. Um, And now, obviously, fans are unfollowing her. I mean, for (laughs) half a million fans to unfollow her en masse is massive. That is mad. I know. It's sort of been, this is from a day ago, it's been going up and up and up. I think it was 300,000 as soon as she had her outburst Mm -hmm. online. And this is not unheard of for Doja Cat. I feel like we've talked about her a few times. She said she was quitting music. She said she says some quite outlandish things, which... In the past, have made me wonder if her mental health is doing okay. These feel like quite erratic outbursts. But also, honestly, this is actually a question that Ruby has posed. Does Doja Cat owe her fans love? Does she owe it to them to be nice? And should we care? I want to know what you think about it. I think that is, I was just going to say this. It's like we always talk about what do people owe their fans And, like, are we owed anything as fans? And then I think there's a side question, which is, like, as a human being... Yes! Do we... Should we be nice? Do you know what I mean? It's, like, do you owe your colleagues anything? Do you owe this person on the street anything? Like, and it comes down to kind of, I guess, how you believe you should treat other people. Yeah, it's, like... And as a, like, blanket interaction... Yeah. ...that is not a good interaction. Yes. And regardless of whether they're fans or whether you love them or not... They do deserve as much respect as the next human being, like you're saying. Like, she didn't give them respect, and that would have hurt more than if she said in, sort of like in the way that Phoebe Bridges has said in the past, you know, like, I don't love you because I don't know you, and sometimes this happens, but I um, am so grateful that you've, you know, bought my albums or blah, 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 blah. Fine. But her saying, I don't love you, I don't know you, you're crazy, you're creepy, don't call yourself kittens, go and get off your phones. Like, it is really a slap in the face to the people that have put her where she is. So, I do care about this story, everyone. Yeah, I definitely care about it. I care about fans when they're in a good light and when they're in a bad light. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next story. And I wonder if you've seen this, Laura. Emily Mariko's wedding. Did you see anything about this? No, I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Okay. Who even... Wait. Is Emily Mariko the salmon, the salmon bowl girl? The salmon bowl. Yes. And she is also, um, what's it called? She's one of the poster childs, poster children for quiet luxury now. And Ooh, basically okay. she, so this is good because this is a, you don't care because you don't fucking know who she is, really. Well, maybe you do care. I love a salmon bowl, though. I love I a salmon bowl, too. Basically, I just wanted to talk about this because she had her wedding. It was all over my TikTok. It looked stunning. It looked glorious. And I know that some of our listeners will have seen it too. And weirdly, like, I don't even care about weddings, but I kind of liked consuming this content. Do you? I, this is interesting to me because I feel like there are definitely two camps of people. Those that really enjoy consuming other people's weddings and those that could care less. And I'm intrigued that you love it. I usually couldn't care less. Like, I usually wouldn't give a fuck about anyone's mm. wedding. But if it's someone I know, mostly because I've never been to a wedding before, I'm, like, intrigued to see what? what. Yeah, I've never been to a wedding. Wait, you come to my wedding. <laughs> you, unfortunately, had a wedding pre-our relationship. In the middle of yeah. COVID. I've never been to a wedding, um, which doesn't make me want to consume content Lucy. anymore. But Emily Mariko's just popped. I'm going to yes. renew my vows. <laughs> Stanley Tucci Light, if you're listening, yeah. we're renewing Just our so vows. We're redoing it. It's, it's you, me, and Luz. The thing is, I've worked at weddings. I've waitressed, but it's not the same, I don't, I don't believe. <laughs> I might be clutching at straws here, but I don't think it's the same... <laughs> Anyway, Emily Mariko's wedding, um, it happened. I kind of cared, but only because TikTok and the way that social media does sort of forced me to have a look at it. Also, there is an interesting conversation going around about her wedding venue, which was gorgeous and incredible, but there's a bit of scandal around the wedding venue because of things like labor strikes and people have been boycotting it. And so um, there's a really brilliant newsletter called Culture Work, which talks all about this. If you're interested in, if you do care and you want to dive a little bit deeper into the conversation about what influences sort of, I don't want to use the word O again, but what their role is when it comes to things like labor strikes, etc. You can go and read that. Um, mm. But I quickly have one more story that Ruby's put in here. Do you care... Cardi B hurled her microphone at a fan who threw a drink at her. <gasps> Laura, did you see this? I saw this on St. Hoax, of all places. My goodness. Of all places. So basically, we all know musicians are in this weird era where they're sort of being forced to... Being forced to? They're performing shows and people are throwing shit at them on stage and they just have to sort of endure it. Cardi B, however, retaliated. She hurled her microphone at a fan who threw a drink at her. 
Um, and now there's a little bit of confusion right now because the person that got hit with the microphone mm. has, I think, tried to lay some charges against Cardi B because I'm unsure if the microphone hit the person that threw the drink or if it hit a stray person. So oh. anyway, I care about this personally because of the ongoing conversation about throwing shit at artists. We have talked about this a lot. And I also saw someone right underneath it and they were like, no one knows what that person was throwing at her. Like you yeah. watch it and you're like, okay, they're throwing a like water or lemonade, but it's like, someone was like, what if they were throwing an acid? What if they yes. were throwing? And I was like, God, I actually don't know how I would react if someone like, do you know what I mean? It's like your yes. body would just take over. I would hazard a guess to say that I wouldn't throw my mic because that's like, seems like it could <laughs> kill someone. How heavy mics are. And like, I know. But you know what? Because apparently the night before, she also threw her mic at a DJ for like cutting off some of her songs. So it's just. Just stop throwing things at yes. artists. We've said it once, we'll say it a thousand yes. times. Stop throwing things at artists, and then they won't be inclined to throw things back. And then we won't have this segment on Culture Vulture. <laughs> You want this to stop? Stop throwing. Stop throwing. I feel like, Laura, we are talking right now to, like, we're having to do kindergarten shit. Like, treat people with respect. Don't throw shit at other people. Like, it's really interesting. To be fair, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast would ever throw anything. No way. No way. The sweetest, loveliest community in the world. They wouldn't throw anything except, like, flower petals at the weddings they've probably all been to. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, Okay, Laura, we have about two minutes left and we got to do a whole Barbie recap. We need to talk about Barbie. and We have to talk about Barbie. I don't even know where we begin, but Laura, just give me your thoughts and feelings, bitch. Okay, so I had to endure an entire week of everyone talking about this <gasps> around me and I was booked to go on the Friday with one of my friends and... Honestly, it was every day I was avoiding spoilers and getting more and more hyped up about it. Um, And then we went and I did not, I did not expect this for London. I know, I mean, I've seen videos of everyone dressing up in pink, but I like, I went to the cinema and outside there was about 20 people dressed in like head to toe hot pink. And I was like, oh, this is real. Like this is really happening in my neighborhood. This isn't just like America or the premiere. And then we went in and I watched it with one of my best friends. And the my first reaction, honestly, is I've never been in a screening or a cinema with such a visceral reaction in the audience. Yes. People were yelling. People were crying. People were like calling oh out. Oh my and I'd, God. I wasn't quite prepared for how uncomfortable it would make me <laughs> feel. Yes. For how much interaction between this like <laughs> screen Honestly, I was not ready for that. And it just showed me how big this is. Like, it's, Yeah, it's fucking huge. And it's, it reminded me, the only thing I can liken it to is I went on my own to see the latest Spider-Man where all three Spider-Men are in it. And like, I'm not a Marvel <laughs> girl or anything like that, but I really love the Spider-Mans. And when I was in there, the crowd was like, because it was all sort of like, not to stereotype but it was a lot of dudes and a lot of people that are really into that cinematic universe which I'm obsessed with like a lot of fans and so they were all clapping and cheering and crying and like and I was like oh my god like I need to level up my movie reaction game but that was the only thing thing I could liken Barbie to 
It literally, and what I think is so fascinating is, I mean, personally, I was talking to my friend about this afterwards when we got a drink. Like, I can't even remember having a Barbie doll. I'm sure I had one, but like, I'm not a Barbie girl. <laughs> I'm not like, I wasn't like, God, yeah. thank you. The Barbie movie, finally, my childhood reimagined, like nothing about it. And I feel like a lot of people feel like that. Like, it's not like Marvel where there's cult fans. Like there obviously are, but a lot of these people dressing in head to toe pink, we're just swept up in the wave and it's united everyone. Yes. I think it's because also like, as we talked about in our marketing episode about Barbie, even if you didn't have a Barbie, you knew exactly what a Barbie was and you knew exactly what she represented for better or for worse. And so you could go in there and just come out and be like, wow, that wasn't about Barbie at all. That was about girlhood or sisterhood or what it takes to be a woman in 2023. And like, it's not about this inanimate object. But so what did you, what did you think of the movie? What were your thoughts and feelings? I'm like, do we, we're doing spoilers, aren't we? We're going all out on this. Yeah. Okay. If, We've if you haven't long seen enough, it, <laughs> tap out now. This is not going to be coherent. We're not going A to B on this. This is going to be random takes by random takes. My first, oh, there's so many things I want to say. Firstly, uh-huh. I think it's important to say that my opinion on this has changed. I messaged you this, but it's changed like every day since I've seen the film. How I feel now is think, I think is quite different to how I felt when I walked out of the cinema. Did you have that? I mean, you've seen it twice. I definitely had this. I feel like my proper appreciation for the film happened maybe four days after seeing it. Like once I'd sat and thought... And like seen, I've been loving the critic, the cultural like yeah. criticisms around it. Criticisms as in like takes, yeah. not like people bagging on it. I just, I'm the same. I'm the exact oh, same. I so I went with my friend, and we've both been so hyped to see it. And we walked out afterwards, and we were like kind of debriefing. And I was like, I'm not like blown away. Like I'm not like wow, this has made me rethink everything. And then we talked about it some more, and I was like. But why am I expecting that? Why am I expecting to be blown away by the Barbie movie? Like, was this a really huge blockbuster, extremely fun, witty film? Yes. Like, do I walk out of other films? And maybe, I don't know, I should, but I don't walk out of any other film and think about, did this really rock my world? I'm just like, that was a great evening. And since the days have gone by, I think I've read more about it as well. And there's so many smart things in the way that Greta has written this. But I think that's quite an important hot take initially, because I'm like, this was meant to be a fun movie. And it was fun as hell. And I actually think that's a really, that is an intended almost initial reaction. Because like, as Greta, as a woman director... Already, people are expecting way more of her than, like, what we expect from yes. any other director. Already, and she is, like, a symbol for, like, women as a as a whole, I reckon, because we expect so much, and this is what the Barbie movie said, so much from women, and when they seem to, like, not meet our expectations of doing it all and doing it perfectly, the world is kind of like, oh, well, like, you know, you tried, but you couldn't quite get there. And I'm like, I saw heaps of people saying that the movie tried to do too much and it it failed at it and it just scraped the surface. But I'm like, that's what being a woman is. It's trying, it's feeling like you're having to do it fucking all and and never reaching, never being, like, at the top of your game at everything because you're trying to do it all. And I was like, that's actually what the movie kind of did. And also... I just want to say incredibly hard to live up to that marketing campaign. Like, I can't remember. We were talking about this the other day, but like the budget for the marketing campaign and the budget for the film sound like they were 
almost yes, quite similar. Yes, think, possibly. Yes, like that is mad. And so to live up to that, but I do want to go through. I was talking to some people about like all the different references in it, and there are so many that I didn't even get initially. But I think one, like, there's this whole Genesis theme throughout it, which is very like. Uh, there's an amazing article which I will link in the show notes, and I promise I will link it in the show notes. But the Barbies live in Barbieland, an analog for the Garden of Eden, where every day is a perfect oh. sunny day. Um, which is honestly quite incredible. The, I will link this article because I thought it was very, very interesting. Barbie's forced to leave paradise, go to the real world. Ken hitches a ride. But when they get there, they discover that they're suddenly self-conscious and aware of being looked at. This movie's version of Adam and Eve discovering their nakedness. And then obviously a whole bunch goes on, which you all know about. But I thought that was super interesting. And apparently Greta Gerwig like, has talked about that a little bit. Margot Robbie's character journeys to the real world, travels along her very own pink brick road, very similar to the yellow brick road. Um, and the cinema behind her has posters for Judy Garland's 1939 oh. classic, The Wizard of oh Oz. Oh, my God. There's homages to John Travolta and Grease, yes. the dance sequence that happens just a few minutes into the film, is a tribute to the iconic Saturday Night Fever. There's a Top Gun reference, which would have gone way over <laughs> my head. And my personal favorite, when Barbie travels to the real world and meets Sasha, the younger girl and her three friends, they are the Bratz dolls. Yes, and apparently given the name I know all of this I was it's, like there is so much in it's here so smart and like even the the references to the godfather and how it's like every every woman has yes. an experience with a guy that says they love the godfather and like oh haven't you seen it or like my favorite part and this is not a hot take is them playing matchbox 20 push for the four guitar. hours it's just a, it's these weird that universal experiences me. and like i feel like i have to make it really clear i fucking love this movie the more i think about it the more i fucking love it i've seen it again confirmed I went with my best friend Flo, one of my best friends Flo, and she walked out. She's not really a movie lover, and she said, I think that's my favorite yep. movie. My little brother Ben texts me and said, I've just been to the Barbie movie. He, mind you, 20-year-old boy, he said, I think it's my fucking favorite movie of all time. Like, you know, back to you talking about the marketing budget and things like that. How amazing yeah. is it that so many people because of the marketing, have been like, oh, I should probably go and see it. And they've been forced to sit and reckon with things they would never have come across in their day-to-day lives. Yes, yes. And this, again, was thinking about this, because one part for me, some of it I was like, the it feels like a lot of things that we, like being the age we are and growing up how we are, have heard a lot of these things before, yeah. right? We've heard a lot of these themes before. A lot of the stuff isn't new to us. But actually, is it meant to be? No. Think about how many people have seen this film, how many young people are going to grow up seeing this film, and might actually hear these kind of messages for the first time. Yes. And it's Feminism 101, and at the start, people were like, it's so basic, it's so dated, we'd learn that on Tumblr. But now, it's like, first of all, the Barbies didn't do Feminism 101, so they actually, they are learning this for the first time. (laughs) Second of all, my dad... That is a great take. (laughs) My dad was in that theatre, probably learning... He knew that, but he had never had it spelt out to him like that, probably. My little brother, I mean, he knew it because look at fucking me. But, like, the fact that all these young people are going in and and they're learning this for the first time, it's like not doing anyone any harm. And I was actually moved by America Ferreira's speech. I thought she was the best person to give it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I love her as well. Like, I loved Ugly Betty. Which is such a throwback, but I love that. Yep. I also was so, for me, 
there were so many parts, but one that I genuinely really, really stuck with me, and I have seen a lot of people write about this as well, is kind of the loss of innocence and the scene where they're rollerblading and she is trying to describe <gasps> how it feels to be objectified. And that that scene, I honestly thought about it for days afterwards when she's like, I feel, I, I wish I had the wording, I wish I'd run it down, but it's like, I feel, it feels violent, slightly violent undertones. And then Kate's yes. just like, I'm, I love it. I don't. There's no violence. Did she say, I feel ill at ease? Like, she was really trying to, like... She said, I feel very conscious, oh, yeah. but it's about myself. Yes. And and I just think every... I would struggle... I would talk about it with my friends afterwards, and all of us had an experience of that, of being, like, seven, eight years old, and for the first time becoming aware of yourself. Yes. And that it's uneasy, and it's hard, and... The way that that scene was portrayed, while it was super, like, blatant, I actually found it quite moving. Do you know what, though? And I'm sorry if this isn't giving enough credit to perhaps the men in the audience, but we found that quite blatant. I feel like it still would have gone over a few people's heads in the audience, like the dichotomy between... That's a big word. don't even know if that's the right word. Between how Barbie was being treated and how Ken was being treated and how they both felt. I remember thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just going over the heads of a few people in this room. And that's why I feel like it just couldn't be any more... It had to be this blatant. Because we felt like that's so obvious. And I also love that you're bringing really um, smart parts of the movie to this when... Every single thing that I have written down to talk about, I've just realised that all my favourite part, parts were like the silly, the silly parts like Will Ferrell saying that he wished they could have a retreat where they all just got tickled. And then when, and when he's like, get in the box, you Jezebel. Like, like all these like, you've got all these smart takes. I loved when, um, well, when they were trying to jump over the barrier. And it was yes. like the subtle thing of like men don't know how to go through yes. a door that won't open for them. Yeah. Oh that. my god. Yes. <gasps> I. That is so smart, Laura. Seriously. That's not my. I definitely read that somewhere. Also, my one of my favorite parts and my little brother's favorite part is when um, Ryan Gosling's Ken is like. Margot's or Barbie's asking him out again and then he goes back and he's like give me a second he goes and he yells sublime and then he comes back out and then Margot Robbie said in an interview that that was improvised and he'd go every time he'd do it he'd say a different word and for some reason they picked the sublime one and it's just this fucking random but excellent part of the movie oh my god I just think Ryan Gosling (gasps) was so 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 good i think he was entirely two-dimensional yes like, and even in the marketing oh. leading up he was so and all he looks so aloof in all the interviews and stuff and he lets margot do all the smart talking and it's like y'all were trying to tell us something it's so yeah i thought he was truly brilliant as ken what? i really really do i know and i'm seeing all these people be like of course um you know, it's this wonderful movie about womanhood and and we're all saying now that Ryan Gosling should get the Oscar for it or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I get that take. But did you see the same movie? Because he was amazing. Like, he was amazing. My, this again, this is my friend Pip 
when we came out, she was like, and I haven't seen anything connecting these dots, so I don't know. But you know how he wears, like, when he becomes bad again, he wears the fur coat thing. Yeah. She was like, it was really giving me Storming the Capitol vibes. No, no. And that no. guy who yes. led the way. Yes, yes. Do, do, I was like, that is so smart. Do you know what? Do you think? We can't overestimate Greta's brilliance. I think everything that we saw and we think, she saw and thought, like, a hundred years before us all. Um, but also, I thought he was giving Jake Paul vibes when he wore the sunglasses and, like, the fur coat, oh. which is, like, the patriarchy, right? If the patriarchy was a person, it would be the Paul brothers. Oh, my God. Or Andrew God. Tate. There's so much. There's so no, much. What about TikTok? And what about the trends that have come out of it? And, like, I know oh, people so are showing off their Mojo Dojo Casa houses or realising that they live in a Mojo Dojo Casa house. <laughs> or, or people, like, showing um, little compilations of their friendships and girlhood to Billie Eilish's song, What Was I Made For? Or the people showing people their cans and that their job is screens or that their job is beach. Those are killing me. I haven't seen, I was going to talk to you about this, because of who I am as a person and my algorithm, I haven't seen a single showing my can. We live in such different parts of the internet sometimes. It does fascinate me. It is all I can see. And but the only, it's so telling, the only thing I've seen about Ken is like, uh, about show me your kin, the show me your kin trend is people that have seen it and then it, then have gone on to be like, why the fuck are we making the Barbie movie trend about your stupid ass boyfriends? Like, I yes, <laughs> I did think this. I was like, did we learn? Did we <laughs> did we learn nothing? Like, but then I was like, maybe it's sarcastic. I don't, there's too much. There's too much. Do there. you know what? It's just there's fun. Too, I just want to see people's mojo dojo yeah. house. I just want to let people <laughs> have fun. That's one thing that Barbie. Again, that's another thing that Barbie sort of showed me is like, never have I ever felt like I've had this many takes on a movie. I my final take. My final take is you know at the end in America Ferrera's like, can't we just have a Barbie that's just like not president yeah. or not like rocket scientist but is just like Barbie and again me and my friend were talking about it afterwards and we're like that actually really resonated yeah. like maybe actually we can just be like whatever we and want and then Will Ferrell was like no that's a terrible idea and then the guy behind Crunchy the Numbers was like no that'll sell and he's like great we can do it my final take is that I loved it and honestly <gasps> Fuck everyone that's saying that it's a bad movie because I see your letterboxed reviews and you all just like look like really well actually they're all just from men who are saying it's too woke and too liberal. That's so interesting, and I'm I will link some stuff here because I don't think we have time to talk about it. But it's like I think you've missed the point if you're saying that. Or no, or better yet, you're proving the point. Better Ooh. yet, better yet, darling, you're proving our point. I also just want to give a shout out to the soundtrack. I came home and Rupert was oh. blasting it, blasting Has it. Has Rupert seen? Has he seen Barbie? No, he's just living off my <gasps> takes of it. He's making you his way need... through one film a week at the moment. You need to get Rupert to see Barbie. And have you seen Oppenheimer? No, that's what he went to Mission Impossible this week. <laughs> I went to Barbie. <laughs> And then trying to find a time when someone can go to Oppenheimer so we can share the knowledge between the two of us. It's um, hard work, but it's actually a good film. Is it? Anyway, but we're not here to talk about Oppenheimer. Maybe that's on your radar. No, on my radar this week, everyone, is, and I think I talked about this another week, the Olivia Dean record. I don't know if that's big outside of the UK, but I can stop listening to it. 
Um, her, there's a track on there called Ladies Room, which I literally put on when I get on the bus most days, and it's so good. I highly, highly, highly recommend that. I know one of her songs, I think, and I've been getting heaps of her on TikTok lately, so maybe I'm going to try that too. My On my radar is I've been reading books like a maniac, so probably reading about six books and then putting them in our book club Geneva chat. Um, but also, I'm re-watching the TV show Awkward. Did you ever watch Awkward on MTV? Oh my gosh, it's that is a like throwback. the best show, and for what? And like, re-watching it, you sort of watch it and you learn that Jenna is a bit of a villain. Like, at, I remember when I was watching it when I was younger, and I was like, oh my god, like, she's so lucky and all the boys are after her and blah blah blah, and now you re-watch it, you're like, she's kind of not that good of a friend and not that good to her partners and i love maddie mckibben so everyone that is so ing- i must go rewatch. no it's so good it's 20 minute episodes it's like the writing i actually googled like who was the writer and what else she'd done and it was nothing that i'd seen um but she- it's amazing the writing is so fucking good on that show i feel like this also fits so well into our comfort segment that we will do one day yes, we keep teasing it that we will do anyway thank you for listening and for making it this far and to ruby for giving us the should oh. we cares and to laura for making it across the world to talk to me <laughs> and to me for being perfect no <laughs> and to me who hopefully will get to go to a wedding one day <laughs> and on that goodbye <laughs> and on that bye everyone 